Good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk is the program for the Christian layman. You know, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, that program is designed exactly for someone just like me. There's a lot I don't understand. You know, it doesn't have to be something soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. And I find that rather getting into a deep chapter and verse theological discussion, sometimes a casual front porch style talk with a pastor is the best way to understand it. And that is what this program is all about. Today's guest is Lance O'Donnell of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Now, I've got my questions, and I'm sure you have yours. So you can send questions by email at any time during the program to letstalk at kfuo.org. Or you can call in during the program at area code 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area. That includes Metro East. Or toll free anywhere in North America at 1-800-730-2727. Well, Lance, welcome to the front porch. It's good to be back. Well, I got to tell you, we have had some really miserable, miserable weather here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I remember when I was in grad school, I was in uh, Chicago, and uh, that winter of uh, 70, what was it, 76, 77, thought I was going to die. I had never been so bloody cold in my life. Uh, and guess what? I got that cold. Yeah. Well, it was it was chilly enough up here. That uh, we shut down school for a, a couple of days, which is saying something. Oh wow! In southern Wisconsin, so we we were closed. I mean, last week was or this week was National Lutheran Schools Week, and the kids had all we had all kinds of stuff planned. Um, but we were what we what do we have a snow day on Monday, mm-hmm. and then I think it was Monday, and then um, we came to school on Tuesday. And then Wednesday and Thursday, we had polar vortex days. So the kids couldn't even go outside. And, it, you know, it wasn't like a, a great traditional Midwestern snow day where you could go out and play in the snow. It was so bloody cold that everybody had, everybody had to hunker down. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was dangerous cold. Yeah, and the, the people north and west of us just think we're wimps, and perhaps <laughs> rightly so. Um, <laughs> Not this winter, i got to tell you. You know, I've I've about come to the decision that February is is to the months what Monday is to the weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just really starting to get me down a little bit. You know, when I lived in California, uh, when I was getting ready to move back to the Midwest, uh, I was part of a uh, rather large blog where we exchanged views and argued and called each other names, that type of thing. And uh, I mentioned that I was going to move to the Midwest, and I had explained all the wonderful virtues of the Midwest. And then I said, however, climate is not among its virtues. And uh, which leads me a bit to the topic of today's programs, Lance. So I'm going to ask you, are you sad? I'm not, but I know other people that are. Okay, so let's explain what we mean when we say, are you sad? Seasonal Affective Disorder. And I've got in front of me actually a little paper from the Mayo Clinic that says this is a real this is a real thing. Sure. And it says that it's a type of depression that's related to a change in seasons. SAD or SAD, which I think is aptly named, begins and ends about the same time every year. And it's it's 
Like most people, sad symptoms start to, in the fall and will continue through the winter months, sapping energy and making you feel moody. Less often, it causes depression in the spring or early summer, which I haven't noticed, but I have noticed the winter one, believe me. Yeah. Uh, treatment includes everything from medications to psychotherapy to light therapy. In fact, they're one of my co- uh, former co-workers here at the station uh, always used to keep a sun lamp at his desk during the winter months. Yeah. yeah but, you know, it got me to wondering. This is something that happens. You know, every year the weather comes in, and you know, I used to joke, ha-ha, to my coastal friends who didn't who didn't understand Midwestern winters that... You know, the the skies would cloud over around Thanksgiving, and you wouldn't see the sun again until maybe until maybe March or April, which is a bit of an exaggeration, but you know, not too much. And what's got me thinking about it is that over and above the pure physical and mental and, and uh, medical aspects of it, I think that there's a spiritual aspect too. And I keep thinking. You know, that the old enemy is out there waiting to exploit any kind of weakness that affects our spirit. Yep. And uh, as I said, I can't help but thinking that part of this problem is the old enemy. Sure. So how do we approach this from, from, from a theologic point of view? Okay, fine, I can do the sun lamp, I can take vitamin C, you know, all that stuff. But but what else can I do? What can I do spiritually to fight this off? Well, I I think your in, your insight here is that you're onto something. This um, I would I encourage Christians to to be prepared to take up the battle. Um, and this is Ephesians six territory. You know, put on the full armor of God stuff. Um, you know, as you as you alluded to, our, our battle, and this is what Paul says in Ephesians six. You know, our battle is not against flesh and blood; it is against the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. That the devil uses very, anything he can get at to to try and rob us of our joy. That is, you know, and joy is among those fruit of the spirit that are our baptismal birthright, right? Yeah. And so the devil will do whatever he can to rob our joy. And including, um, you know, having us focus on things that we can't change, like the weather or whatever it might be. But seasonal affective is a, is a real thing. And as, as is noted, I have family members who deal with it, um, both of whom moved from the Midwest to climates with more sunshine, uh, in part because it really affected them. Oh, yeah. Well, i got to tell you, and I, it hits me and it hits my wife very, very hard. Uh, and, you know, I grew up here in the Midwest, but, uh, you know, heck, I spent the last 30 years in the land of eternal sunshine. Right. Yeah, and that has its own. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, we talked about that. You know, my, my, mother, uh, my mother was uh, born and raised in San Diego. Okay. Oh, right. And so, you know, my dad was from Saginaw, Michigan. And they met when he was stationed in San Diego. And when he came back from Vietnam and after he graduated from Cal, um, he got an offer from Generous Motors uh, back in Saginaw, Michigan, that he felt he couldn't refuse and moved my mom to Michigan. And I think she spent the next 25 years complaining about the weather. Oh, Um, gee. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, you are you a Jimmy Buffett fan by any chance? Uh, a little bit. No, yeah. My 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 pastoral associate over here is a huge Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's uh, he's got a song about a. Um, uh, gosh, I forgot the title of it, but I still remember the line. Uh, it's about a young engineer, and he said that the corporate boys they told him they got a job of work to do. They got a they got a problem out in North Dakota, boy, and it needs a it needs a band just like you. <laughs> but the sound of the rain and sound of the planes and the freezing rain hit him like a fatal disease. He shoved the beer in his mouth and took I ninety five south and headed to the Florida Keys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Was laid back and key wasted. That was the name of the song. That's funny. <laughs> But I think it's true. It really is. I mean, well, let me let me rattle off a couple of the uh, symptoms here. Again, this is this is from the Mayo Clinic. This is, I'm not just pulling this out of the air. Typical symptoms: feeling depressed most of the day, nearly every day, losing interest in activities you once enjoyed, having low energy, having problems sleeping, experiencing changes in appetite or weight, feeling sluggish or agitated. Having difficulty concentrating, feeling hopeless, worthless, or guilty, or having frequent thoughts of death and suicide. Yeah, sounds like depression. It really is. And other symptoms can be oversleeping, appetite changes, especially craving for food and high in, hydrate, uh, high in carbohydrates. And boy, can I testify to that one. Yeah. Weight gain, which again, I can testify to. Tiredness or low energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Lance, you and I have talked a lot of the past, and I know uh, I, I never dabbled with the occult. Yeah, I never had that experience. Yep. Although I've never I, doubted that something like out there exists. You have. Yes. And I, I like some of your insight into this, if possible. What What are we looking at here? How does How does the old enemy? How does he do this? How does he? Wait, what 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 is are his intent intentions? How does it happen? Well, I mean well let's I mean let's let's turn, for example, to uh, Galatians. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and look at the you know the, the fruit of the spirit, right? So Galatians uh, chapter five The desires of, the, this is verse 17, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. The desires of the spirit are against the flesh. These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you, that you want to do. Now, if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. And here's a list of right? sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, you know, orgies and things like these. I warn you right, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom. But, now verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these there are there is no law. I like to say that that, you know, the fruit there is singular. These things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, these are our baptismal birthright as Christians. And 
we we have them, but how does the how does the, you know the devil leads us away from Christ by trying to rob us of any one or multiples of these things? And he'll do whatever he'll do whatever he has to do in in order in order to do that, including have us you know focus on things we can't control like the weather. And so. Um, you know how does this work in the how does this work in the mind right you just you end up fixate you end up fixating on something you can't control and and it becomes i don't want to belittle this um everything is terrible mm-hmm. i i can't i can't change this um i just and you you know you end up you end up focusing on you end up focusing on all these things that over which you have no control as if somehow you should and and you lose the opportunity to see the good that is out there and you know again i play in this world um and you know and this can happen to anybody it doesn't have to be you know an an unbeliever or even an enemy of christ it, you know i know good christian people who are affected by seasonal affective stuff mhm you know, and so your 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 question was, how do you deal with this? And I'm you know I'm going to suggest, I mean, one, if you're if you're predisposed to this, there are some things that are help, and you listed some of those from the Mayo Clinic. You make use of those things. You know, take some extra vitamin D, um, get a sun lamp, um, discipline yourself, right? Go get some go get some exercise. Uh, don't just shove your face full of um, you know, of Doritos yeah. um, or cake or you know Snickers or whatever it might be. Um, learn to recognize when you're doing those things. Have people in your life that recognize when you're starting down that road, so they can help pull you out of it. Um, and you know, perhaps above all, over to Ephesians six, is is to put on the full armor of God, which is to be, I, I believe, firmly to be in prayer and worship, and to recognize this is a spiritual battle. And I think that's that's part of the problem is that people don't recognize it as spiritual as much as environmental. Well, you know, you know, in it. I, I'm not trying to belittle the environmental. Oh no, no! I'm, I'm simply saying that Satan takes advantage of it. Absolutely. I was just having a conversation about this with somebody the other day. Um, you know, I, and I said to this person, you know, "Have you considered? You know, you have all this going for you, and yet here you are. You're in this situation. Have you considered the fact? Have you considered the possibility that?" With all these talents and gifts that God has given you, and yet you find yourself in this position, have you considered the possibility that you're in a spiritual battle? Mm. And that if you're in a spiritual battle, then how do you deal with that? And and what I said to this person, I said, I'm going to encourage you to learn to go on the offensive. 
Okay. Now, <laughs> let's, let's get into this. So, and go on the offensive. It, it, to, some, to some degree, this, and this reminds me on the spiritual side of, you know, I played football in high school under uh, Frankenmuth High School uh, legend Ralph Munger, right? And I remember, you know, he was, just, he's at a different high school now, but one of the most uber competitive men that I've ever been around in my life. And he loved it when the weather, when the weather was cruddy. <laughs> you know? And, you know, and I know for him it was, it became, it, it became an opportunity to compete. You know, some people are going to let this overtake us. We are, we can't change it. And he, he taught us embrace it and in fact learn to love it and if you can do that you've got an advantage over your opponent and i feel the same way about this type of stuff um with depression and weather and seasonal affective uh is can you learn um can you learn in some respects to embrace it you know and to take and to take up the battle well i i find one thing that helps me um, is when I'm, I'm really starting to feel a bit, feel bad because the yeah, everything's gray and cold and dreary. Is I stop and think about all the blessings that I have in my life right now, and just look at them one at a time, one at a time. Any anything from golly, I've got a roof over my head, the home is warm, to I have this dog at my feet. Oh, gee, look out there at the window. I see a bird. You know, little things like that. Right. And, you know, and that's, that's part of it. I mean, Paul in Ephesians speaks to us about, um, and let me, let me look up the, the passage here in Ephesians 6. You know, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Right? Take mm-hmm. up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes for your feet, the gospel, the shield of faith, um, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And this is where prayer and worship, I think, are so important. And especially in my prayer and worship, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm recalling the great, the great admonition of Luther about what makes a theologian. No doubt you've talked about this with others over the years. Meditation, prayer, testing, make a theologian. Mm. You, know that, you know that turn of phrase? Yes, I do. Um, I, I think it, it applies to every Christian. I mean, medit- I mean in, he, Luther used the terms meditatio, and by that, you know, that's disciplined reflection on the scriptures. Um, Oratio was prayer, participation, and you know, in in the worship of the church, and uh, and tentatio, or in the German, the anfechtum is experiencing the cross. Uh, these these things, I believe, just make a Christian. And we we tend we tend to run from suffering and trouble. And when the truth when the truth of the matter is. Suffering and trouble are part of our life in Christ, you know, until we go to heaven. And we, we need to learn to recognize that we are in a spiritual battle and, and be prepared. And if I, you know, and if I may, sometimes, you know, when we're in that battle, sometimes our compatriots are overcome in the midst of the battle. 
Oh, yeah. And so part of our calling in Christ is, is to bear with one another and come alongside one another in... You know, people who are in the midst of that, and it seems like everything is going to heck in a handbasket around them, they think they're totally alone. One of the greatest things that can happen is you have some people come alongside you to to help and support. But, you know, sometimes it can even backfire a little bit. I, I was thinking uh, not too long ago, I mean, like a few days ago, uh, I'd come home from work, uh, and it was dark, uh not so bad now because the days are starting to get a little longer. But boy, when it was the short days, and there's my wife sitting at the uh, kitchen table, and she's having her problem. And then uh, I go to my sit down next to her, and uh, we're both sitting there wondering. Well, not wondering. We're just, we're both we're both down. You know what I mean? Yep. And we're looking outside, and it's gray, and it's dull, and it's the, the trees are bare, and oh, golly. And, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of bouncing off each other's depression, sadness, you know, things like that. So you got to look out for that. No doubt. And, and again, you got, I mean, we're, we're called to come alongside each other on this. Uh, there. So there, but there are a couple things here. One for the for the Christian to recognize that you know we have a baptismal birthright to those fruit those fruit of the spirit that Paul mentions in Galatians. And when we when we haven't those things, this we we should learn to, maturity in Christ calls us to recognize that the devil is is at work to try and rob us of our hope our joy, our gentleness, our peace, or what have you, and and to pre- be prepared to go on the offensive. You know, this is, this is Luther rising in the morning and making the sign of the cross and reminding himself, I am baptized. Um, to remember who you are. Well, you know, it's, you know, there's a little trick I use on Sundays uh, when I wake up. And I'm, I'm sure even you as a pastor sometimes You're say, not a morning person? Well, actually, I am, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I, Long story on that one. Uh, but um, I'll wake up and uh, say, oh, gee, church. And I'm sure even you as a pastor sometimes say, oh, gee, I don't want to do this. And then I keep telling myself, good news. I get to go to church today. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's uh, It works. <laughs> It works. You know, sometimes you just sit there and say, "Oh, I don't want to do this." And say, Wait a minute, what's the matter with you? Well, there, there's, you know, there is something to be said, and this is not <laughs> at the risk of coming across the wrong way. You know, our feelings often betray us. You know, we, you know, we know what is good for us, and yet we don't feel like it, and sometimes. What's the what's the phrase? Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to just put a smile on, you know. And I mean, you don't want to fake indefinitely, but um, to some degree, this is a matter of it becomes a matter of attitude. You know, where where your treasure is, says the Lord in Matthew, mm-hmm. right? There your heart will be also. 
Well, I'm going to quote of, from of all people. I'm going to quote from Jesse Jackson. Okay. I once heard him say, "Your attitude determines your altitude." <laughs> and you know, there's some truth to that. It is. There is. You know, and I, I don't. You know, for our listeners out there, it, somebody who's somebody who's struggling. Um. You know, I don't. I don't want to belittle anybody that's. You know, that's in some kind of whatever struggle, even season effective or or what have you. But I would I would I would re- ask you to consider that this is not you, you know it's not just a, an earthly thing that but you're actually in a spiritual battle, and that you should go to your scriptures and and learn to pray right in a discip- in a disciplined way, and also take advantage of the opportunity of being part of a congregation. A Christian community, mm-hmm. um, there's o- there's often often one of the greatest things that one can do to combat various forms of depression uh, is help other people, even in some small way. Yeah. You know, reading reading the kindergartners, um, helping to take a meal to someone, participating in the food pantry. Um, you know, whatever it may be. Well, I got to take a little break here, but we got to get back to this again because I'm sure that a lot of people are going through exactly the same thing. You know, I, I, this I, week, I fr- no doubt. I freely admit, I I am in the throes of sad sometimes. <laughs> I am with you. Okay, well, we'll be right back. Church Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. Some problems can be quickly resolved. Others require us to interact with people, take time to know them, get involved with them. The gospel is the answer to the hidden problem that separates us from God and from each other. Dr. Michael Ziegler talks about God's slow solution this week on The Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. This is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller inviting you to join me every Monday afternoon on Cross Defense, 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock here on KFUO Radio, where we take up curious topics, curious Christian topics, to excite our imaginations, equip our minds, and comfort our consciences with the supreme and beautiful clarity of God's Word. It happens on Cross Defense every Monday afternoon, 2 to 3, here on KFUO. Please make plans to join us. And if you can't join us live, check out the podcast at kfuo.org. 
four years on Sunday mornings, Worldwide KFUO has been broadcasting live worship services for those unable to attend worship or for those who enjoy hearing God's Word. This Sunday, our 8 a.m. worship comes from Peace Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri with presiding pastor Reverend Dennis Castens. Our 1045 worship comes from Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri with presiding pastor Reverend Kevin Golden. Join us on Sunday mornings on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. On January 27th, the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. commemorates International Holocaust Remembrance Day, marking the 1945 liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp survivors. It was established in 2005 to encourage a worldwide awareness of the approximately 6 million Jews killed during World War II to promote Holocaust education around the world. The museum is one of the world's leading centers for research and education connected to the Holocaust. Prominently placed in the museum are the words from Deuteronomy 4.9. Only guard yourself and guard your soul carefully, lest you forget the things your eyes saw and lest these things depart your heart all the days of your life, and you shall make them known to your children and to your children's children. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor's in. I'm program host Kip Allen. My guest pastor today is Lance O'Donnell. You want to join in the conversation, you can do it uh, by email at letstalk at kfuo.org, or you can actually call us in St. Louis area, including Metro East. It's area code 314-821-0850, or toll-free anywhere in North America at 1-800-730-2727. We are discussing being sad that as seasonal affective disorder, which is actually a medical condition. However... What we're also looking at is not only is this a medical condition, it is a spiritual condition as well. And there are ways what we can fight it, you know, in terms of just our physical well-being. But there's a spiritual aspect to this thing. And it, it's something that should not be underestimated. And I think there's a danger about that. Do you agree with that, Lance? I do. You know, during the break, Kip, I was I was thinking about my own depression years ago and when I was coming out of it and you know having come up having come out at the time of having recently played in the world of the occult and and so forth you know I was very I was very very attentive especially at that at that time uh, to the evil that I was up against. And I'm so, uh, I'm thinking, you know, there were there were two things that I did to battle it. And one, you know, I guess was something that I did. The other was something that was done for me. <laughs> um the, fir- the first thing and the most important thing was receiving Christ's forgiveness in, 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 in worship. And, I, and, I, and I, I do not say that lightly. One of the 
one of the glories that I came to find of the Lutheran Confession of Faith uh, is this this emphasis on what you know what we call law and gospel. You know that in even our you know our services, our liturgies are 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 geared towards helping us recognize our own sinfulness, and then you know immediately hearing God's forgiving word, and. I, I became so profoundly thankful for especially the opening of that worship service, you know, where we'd confess our sins. And, oh, yeah. Um, you know, and you and I have talked about this before. That is the, that and, and, and communion, those are my two favorite parts of the, of the service. Now, as I said, you know, that's why I'll wake up on a Sunday and say, good news, I get to go to church today because I can go to the, get myself forgiven. Right, and I, if, and I want to get into a little, a little how-to uh, for our listeners on this, and I'm, I'm simply here uh, would like to regurgitate something that our that the president of the Missouri Synod has been harping on for years, and that is uh, a basic way to pray the way Martin Luther taught his barber to pray. Okay. Um, President Harrison was just here in Wisconsin last week for our district, what we call our Passionate Believers Conference. And his, he spent the better part of his address simply teaching those who were gathered how to pray. It was a fascinating exercise. Um, and I think he calls it... Um, Using in a, the acronym, um, I for instruction, uh, T for thanksgiving, uh, C for confession, and then P for prayer. And so, as you ref- that part of part of when you're sad, part of taking up the battle is is taking up the scriptures, and and praying them. So, for example. Um, St. Paul teaches, right, in in Ephesians chapter 4, this is verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so how, you know, how might I pray according to that formula based on this? Right? So you might, the I is instruction. What is the Lord teaching us here? You could pray, Lord, you, te- you teach us that we are to think about what is, what is pure and lovely and good and excellent things. Right? And then the next thing is to say, is, is the T, thanksgiving. And I thank you, Lord, for teaching this. I thank you that there, there are so many beautiful things in, in the world. I thank you know. I thank you for in this Wisconsin. Right? I thank you for the the snow that is ultimately providing moisture for the ground that will in the spring turn and ultimately turn into crops for us. And yet I confess, Lord. And now this is the sea, right? Mm-hmm. I confess that I confess, Lord, that I have in the midst of all this snow and cold, 
that I have let myself forget the good that is ahead, and I have just fixated myself on how cold and miserable I am, in spite of the fact that I live in a, a house that's warm and, and have people around me. And so I pray, now the P, um, help me, Lord, by your Spirit, remind me of what is of good and just and pure. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Is this part of the going on the offensive, the spiritual offensive that you were talking exactly about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Going on the, going on the offensive is, is, is to, to take what we, you know, is not to neglect our feelings, but to take those feelings to the Lord and submit them uh, to the Word of God in a, in a formula. I think that's a really helpful little formula. Well, we have to remember, um, and sometimes, you know, being human, we're short-sighted, but we have to remember what God ordains is always good. <laughs> it sounds like a hymn we know. <laughs> Funny thing about that. But you don't understand it sometimes at the time. I mean, we've all, we've all gone through periods of uh, depression, of tragedy, of heartbreak. Indeed. But there is a reason, and, and this, this is something I'm, I, I know has kept me going a number of times, is there are times I've just said, oh, I just want to give up at this point. But if we can just hold out for one more day, maybe this will be revealed to me. And I know that someday it will be. And I recognize, I'm, again, I'm thinking back to especially when I went through my deep depression some years ago, I was... I was so attentive, especially when I came out on the other side of it, that, or beginning to, I was so attentive. It was so near and, and close in my experience, that, that darkness that I, had, that I felt, um, that I, I was super attentive then to, to battling. I tried to, I tried to fill my mind with... M music oh. that taught me good things. You know, I, I, I began to discover that, you know, and I'm a, right, I'm a child of the, the 80s and the, and the 90s, right? So mm -hmm. my, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. You know, our popular music was, was angst rock. <laughs> there was a lot, there was a lot, and there was a lot of that. And, um, and what I, what I discovered as I was beginning to come out of my depression is that a lot of the music that I listened to actually fed my my distress of spirit, mm. and I had to stop listening to that stuff. I Let me to... guess, one of them was Kansas Dust in the Wind. <laughs> that was that yours? <laughs> yeah, that was one. <laughs> I mean, mine was you know it was uh, uh, what was the Seattle band Nirvana? Um, there were a couple Seattle bands. Um, Nirvana was one. That guy ended up committing suicide. Yeah. Um, oh, for goodness sake, what's the other one that was big at that time? I mean, there were a number of them. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, you know, and it was decent rock and roll, but one of the, I just, for me, a lot of it was, it was, it was just leading me to distress of spirit. And I had to discover, I had to discover other music. And, you know, it took me it took me a, a long while, and and particularly finally when I went to the seminary to appreciate great great Christian hymnody. Um, but 
in those er, you know in those early days it was you know just scripture verses set to music of of some kind even you know guitar stuff but that was helpful for me mm-hmm. it it helped me change my thought patterns i i knew where i had just been and i knew i couldn't think about things that way and so i you know that was just it was just a discipline i i you know at that time it was cd's in the car or cassettes mm-hmm. and i wherever i wherever i went i tried not to listen to the things that made me depressed you know, and sometimes it's a bit of a fight. It's a total fight. It's a battle. Um, music can be a very powerful force for good. Oh yeah. For ill in this, that's you know that's where and that's worth talking about. I mean, we have been here, but that's worth talking about a little bit further. Um, you know, if you're depressed, one of the worst things that you, one of the worst things that could be for you. Is to risk, is to keep listening to really depressing music about <laughs> bad life. Oh yeah, I uh, one of my favorite musicians is the late Sandy Denny, and uh, oh, she was she was known for her melancholy songs. Uh, she, she was a brilliant musician in many ways, but uh, <laughs> but I get I get depressed, and I would pull out a Sandy Denny album. <laughs> I don't know why I would do this because it just reinforced my depression. Well, you know, there's, there's, there's something to be said, or you just have to be careful. I mean, if, if you're in a if you if you're in a more spiritually healthy position, you know, you 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 got to know just how deep you can go mm. before you before you cross a line where you get yourself in trouble. But that's the problem with depression is you never know right where that line is. Um you know, there were there were many, you know, I'm I'm 49 now and you know, I when I was coming out of my depression, though, I was 23. Mm. Um there were a lot of years I didn't touch that old stuff that I listened to. Um, now on occasion, I get a hankering for, for some of it, but then, you know, I remember it, this wasn't long ago. It must've been, I can't remember what the, what it was, but, um, I must've heard something and I thought, oh, that's, you know, and so I started listening to this stuff for a while. And then I thought, now I remember why I don't listen to this. <laughs> I'm so depressed. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm a little older than you, Lance. Uh, the music I came up with was from the '60s, sure. And uh, you know, so that, a lot of that was just really happy music. It uh, was a little happier, I think. It, it was, and, and, and to an extent, it was a gallows humor. Um, remember, we were in the midst of the Vietnam War, and the uh, the draft was was there. Uh, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow your number comes up. Literally, yep. Um, but there was a a. Uh, I'm almost going to say a live for the moment type atmosphere. It, it became, you know, that that's the, it became dark though, didn't it? it? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And it it, it it's sad, you know. It came out of some of the uh, some of the music from the early '60s. You know, it was really upbeat and and, uh, and optimistic. Um, I remember I was um, uh, I, I loved folk music and. Uh, the Kingston Trio, for example, they had some marvelous things, that were, but they were always upbeat or, or humorous, things like that. But then uh, the music started to change. I remember I was listening to a, um, 
Uh, a, uh, well, this shows I'm an old radio buff here. I was listening to an interview with Dr. Demento. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh, the name. Yeah, he was a, a famous disc jockey, Dr. Demento. He, he, he ran a series of, of radio programs, syndicated radio programs. And he said in, the, um, in, his, in his interview, he said, in the late 60s, suddenly the music started to cry. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm, right, and I, I don't want to totally abandon, there, there is a, I mean, open the Bible to lamentations. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to totally, there is a, there is a place in, the, in our life in Christ for lament. Mm-hmm. And, and there's got to be a place in our, in our life, um, and music has a way of doing that, to, to give voice to our struggle, you know, in its various different guises. On the other, on the other hand, I'm just I'm thinking of of King David. Oh yeah, he was big for music, right? And you know, but David, uh, David at the at the end, you know, I'm thinking, for example, of Psalm 51, right? The 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 psalm that that he writes after his affair, mm-hmm. Bathsheba, you know, and the, and the, um, but, or, or I'm thinking of even of Psalm 90, which is really rather morose. Psalm 90 is the, is the prayer of Moses just before uh, he dies, you know, and it is, it is full of, it's full of regret, but the end of it is a, is a prayer of, of, of hope, you know, Lord, um, complete the work of our hands for us. You know, there's there's an ultimate trust there, mm-hmm. and so the, yeah, I don't want to for our listeners here. I don't want to dismiss there, there's a there's a place for lament, right? Um, I just met with a family today. You know, I I saw her yesterday. We one of our blessed older members um, graduated to the church triumphant this morning. Oh. and you know, doesn't Solomon speak about that? There's a there's a time to mourn. Oh. You know, there is there is a time to mourn and lament and to grieve, and music can assist us in that. But uh, we have to be careful that we don't go down in the pit. You know, back in the uh, '60s, going back to my youth, uh, uh, Pete Seeger, the uh, folk singer, came up with uh, um, oh gosh, what the heck was the name of that song? Uh, it was based on the Book of Ecclesiastes, chapter eleven. Uh, to everything there is, is uh, there's a time. Turn, 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 turn. That's it. Turn, turn, turn. And then the uh, folk rock group, uh, the Birds, picked it up. Uh, yeah, now that's the one I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that I think is some very, there's some incredible wisdom in that. Isn't there? Yeah, there is. And um, there is a time for everything. There is a time for weeping. There is a time for joy. And this is the thing to recognize. Uh, part of that spiritual battle, you recognize when there is that time and know that it will pass. And and that's part of what maturity gets us to. You know, when we're young, I think, perhaps young especially, but we we don't know that this will pass. Yeah. We know We know that people tell us it will, but it sure doesn't seem like it. Yeah, you're right. 
That's one of the uh, that's one of the dangers of depression is the time seems to slow down. And th- and this is also where not being alone or being part of a, a community. And that, again, so I'm going to appeal to the listeners here. If if you're struggling, one of the great things that you can do is become an active part of a Christian community. I mean, that doesn't automatically solve anything by any stretch of the imagination. However, um, being an active part of a, of a congregation, you, you then surround people with, you're surrounded by people who will at least, hopefully, help pick you up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's, to me, that's one of the joys about working here at the IC, is, is I'm surrounded by these people. And by IC, for our listeners, we mean the International Center. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, the International Center headquarters, the International Headquarters of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. And in fact, I just saw. Um, in fact, I just saw uh, Matt uh, Matt walk by the uh, studio just a few minutes ago. So you know, there, there's everybody here. Yeah. And you know, my coworkers at KFUO, they are just some wonderful people, and we're all mutually supportive to each other. We have, uh, you know, we have a member of the congregation who's who would probably frown to hear me t- t- say that he's now an older member of the congregation. <laughs> um, but you know, he and his wife experiencing some health trouble mm. at the same time, and so we have some people in the congregation making meals for them. Okay, and you know, he had to radically change his diet. So, you know, we're we're taking out low sodium meals and you know, he's bemoaning his existence but at the same time thankful for the you know, the various different people that are showing support. To know that people care about you. Yep. Oh, that is so important. Right. And that you know, that it didn't just happen. This this guy has you know, um, Barb and Wilbur have really spent their lives here, helping and serving in various different ways. And, you know, it's, it's a joy for a, a number of us to come alongside and help in even some small way. It's, well, maybe that's part of that spiritual offensive, is, yeah, that, I, is that you can help somebody else. Well, that, yeah, I mean, not only are you helped, but it, it, when you're in, you know, if you're in some trouble, one of the greatest things you can do is get out and help somebody. Oh yeah, without it, without a doubt, um, without a doubt. I was, I remember, you know, when my father, when my mother was a, a younger widow, I was trying to encourage her, Mom, you got to get out of the house and just go, you know, you got to go help somebody, you know, be around, be around people. Just got an email from one of our listeners, Miss uh, Jennifer Johnson, who corrected me on something. Turn, turn, turn. It was not Ecclesiastes chapter 11. It was Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Thank you so much for that. I, I should have known better. Yeah. But, oh, what wisdom there is in that. You know, it, it's sometimes, you know, you sit back and say, oh, I don't want to read the Bible. It's just boring. No. You know, there's, there really is so much wisdom there. Um, and, and it's... I, I like it when it can be put into, like... Like the, the like the song "Turn Turn Turn," where it it speaks more to me than it does say reading it from the English Standard Version. I don't know why, but yeah, it does. There is, there is something about there is something about music. Yeah, 
and Luther certainly recognized that. Without without a doubt, I'm you know we're our 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 traditional musician here at St. Paul's is about to retire in June, and we just extended a call um, to a wonderful young man um, named Joseph Metter, and. This is one of the things I'm very hopeful for. You know, Joseph is in his early 20s. He just graduated from uh, Concordia University in Wisconsin with magnificent musical gifts. Oh, they've got a wonderful choir up there. They do, and and he was part of all of it. And I'm I'm so excited about the possibility of Joseph joining us uh, joining us here because I know I know that even my best sermon that there are some people that the music affects them you know as it bears the word mm-hmm. it can get it can get to them in a way that even you know my best homily couldn't music can bring me to tears yeah a sermon usually doesn't sorry <laughs> <laughs> depending on the pastor make keep me awake maybe not yeah <laughs> well, no and right this is part of I, I recognize this and why I've, I've been so deeply involved in our process here. You know, I, I think I, I told you the story of what happened with my dad in the choir, yes. right? Didn't I tell you that story? Yeah, you did. Um, you know, my dad, right, even a great preacher, but there was something about music, you know, that finally broke through for him and helped him to realize that... Um, a that he you know that he needed forgiveness and that Christ's forgiveness was for him and there was hope for him. And you know, unfortunately that happened for him right what turned out to be near the end of his life, but he died with you know, he died with, with eternity in his heart and hope. And uh, good solid church music was was intimately part of that. It was. And it is. I mean, it's, it's one of the things I look forward to in my church services is the it, it, it's the gospel put to music. And yeah, I, that's, again, I'm this is this. Uh, you know, I didn't expect this conversation to go in this direction, but it's so but it's so appropriate. We ought to have a program just solely talking about music. <laughs> well, it, it's so it's so appropriate for this, right? Because you're what you what you were recognizing is that. The seasonal affective disorder or depression, mm-hmm. not just a physical thing, it's also a spiritual battle. Absolutely. And one of the great tools, right, we've talked about prayer and worship and just being in worship, and I was thinking word and sacrament, but what you've led us to in this conversation is also the, the key role of good music that bears, the, you know, that bears the word of God and helps lift us out of ourselves into into forgiveness and glory. So, Lance, guess what? We're at the end. Online at KFUO.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.